Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, April 10th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the console AMA. Let's take a listen. Hey, everybody. How's it going? What's going on? Hey, Titus, Peter, Sarah, I am everybody. What's going on? Um, let's see. Let's bring a few people on stage. Um, this is this is cool. We have a Really small group here today. Really nice. All right, we got Ian joining us. All right, awesome. Um, cool. Yeah, really, really happy to be here. This is the console AMA. I'm just gonna start it off. It's a little early, but we'll just start it off, and people will probably join. Um, really happy to be here. I see Blake. I see Ian. I see Kata. Um, yeah. So today, let me just get a sound check to make sure we can hear a few people. Ted, is you there? I'm here. Check, check. One, two. All right. Awesome. Um, yeah, really happy to be here. Um, every Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we come together to chat about console, what we're building at console, Web3 chat, as well as the future of decentralized social media, identity, and really anything that you know people bring up with Web3 and creating a user-owned internet. So yeah, that's the premise for conversation. In the, in the past, um, you know, a lot of times we come and we have a few things to talk about, sometimes special guests. Um, I think this week, I kind of just wanted to have a really just open dialogue with anyone who comes, potentially getting some people on stage who haven't, you know, participated as much in the past, um, as well as, you know, maybe just kind of reflecting and visioning, you know, with console specifically, you know, what, what we want to see, what we like, what's working, as well as with this Twitter space, you know, like, how is this working for you? What do you want to see more of? Um, every quarter, I tend to reflect on my annual goals and, you know, personally and for console as well. And I think with April 1st having passed last week, um, you know, the past week has been a lot of, yeah, just kind of reflecting on, on, on where we've come from and, and where we're going. And so I feel like this would be a good step to, to do that together and to hear what you're seeing uh, in the larger ecosystem, what anyone is working on personally and, you know, in your own life that you might want to bring to share. And then just kind of just generally just kind of reflecting and envisioning forward what's working, what we could do better. And um, yeah, of course, like educating and having some fun <laughs> along the way. Um, so that's kind of the plan. Yeah. And um, maybe I'll just bring some people on stage. Uh, looks like we have Titus, looks like we have Ian, anyone else that would like to come um on stage i would love to just hear from some new voices this week as well and so you're all welcome it's pretty safe you know small space to just have a conversation um titus how's it going i am well i'm excited to meet you in days it's a really fun time um i also wish joe was coming because this dude's a character you would love joe in person um 
the the thing about NFT NYC and NFT London and all the events is just it's it's kind of like it's too much. Like you can't do it all. And there's you know there's parties, there's after hours events, but uh, NFT NYC is just famous for um, these these massive amounts of external satellite type things. And so it, what I really care about here is that people want to talk and they want to talk about things that they might collaborate collaborate on. They might want to talk about things that excite them. But um, what it is 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 voices and the console AMA is really a great you know cross section of that. People who care more about maybe decentralization, self sovereign identity. Um, and these things are important, but what I really love about it is basically anyone can come on stage here. And I know that sometimes we get trolled in Twitter spaces. Sometimes there's rando that comes up on stage and, you know, makes sound effects and, you know, is annoying and then we have to boot them off. But, um, I also, there's a good chance that somebody who, you know, who's never been a friend to this space before has something to say that we haven't heard before. And it's really important to hear those voices. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Um, I think one thing that resonated with me there is, I think what we're doing with console is this intersection of community um, and decentralization, which is maybe what that what we call Web three in a lot of you know of like this this vague word Web three, but um, but it, it is like this onboarding experience, I, or at least that's what I imagine it could be of building on values that we believe that we should all have some ownership over like our privacy like our identity um the decentralized nature of conversation so it's censorship resistant but doing that in a way i mean i think console is a success if we can have conversations like that and in some ways those tools or principles are invisible like you know you shouldn't have to be thinking about that actively when you're using the app the app should be beautiful and it should be integrated into your life um i think that's like a, a kind of difficult place where we position console because um you know i feel like right now on web3 a lot of people care about community and a lot of people care about decentralization and i think bringing the two together in an easy way i feel like anything that's decentralized in some ways feels like difficult sometimes like we've talked about wallets a lot um and i feel like anything that's like easy to use a lot of times it kind of lacks the whole purpose of what we're what we're, what we're building this in the first place so yeah I, I definitely welcome any any conversation around that and appreciate that a lot thank you um yeah um so what about um yeah what about ian i mean ian you've been to a few of the twitter spaces um i'd be curious yeah what what works for you in a in a twitter space in general and what might you like to see more today or in future console twitter spaces for sure yeah well before i jump into that just echoing everything getting ready for new york and it is definitely fun to get out there and start meeting people in real life and um to titus's point um you know i'm gonna go out for a couple of days and i'm not even attending the um the actual conference there's just so many satellite events and opportunities to network other places um that it's just like almost like not even time to to go to some of the conference stuff i will say though if you are going be sure to go check out and listen to chris's talk i'm sure that it's going to be amazing um a little bummed that that's actually the one that i'm going to be missing but <clears throat> i'm sure that we will find some time to grab a coffee or something but yeah it's interesting you know what you were kind of saying about conversation and living in a decentralized world and <clears throat> some of the onboarding things um 
it's definitely something that I'm thinking a ton about right now, especially as we kind of launch our, our project and get that out into the world. Um, and I, Chris, I had mentioned this kind of previously to you before, but I, I feel like there, there's something lacking um, with, you know, like I, I had to using token proof to get into certain events, um, but still having to like claim tickets for those things. Like, you know that I'm a holder that should just like come to my wallet that should just be native. Um, and then the actual process of like proving that I have that ticket. It's like, why do I need to take it if I have the NFT? You've checked that I've had the NFT. Um, and then I think that chat like somewhere lives within that realm as well, because, you know, even like, how do I, how do I let my holders know that they have access to these events? Um, if they don't follow my Twitter, if they're not, um in the console and they haven't seen the update like they don't know that they have access to some of these events so i still think that there is like an opportunity um potentially uh you know is there a console wallet that you know i can put my nfts in now i have access to those communities i can also like as a product or a project you know manager or founder can i message my holders can i send them something like i feel like it quickly starts to become spam and like, how do you, how do you regulate against some of that stuff? But yeah, there's, there's a lot there. And also just for the record, I'm like scrolling through dot BTC numbers because I just saw a tweet of um, someone just like scooping up 20, uh, 269 BTC for just over a thousand stacks. And I feel like that's a pretty good steal. Um, yeah. A ton there, but curious to know your guys' thoughts. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. Um, yeah, thank, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think um, I like some of the stuff you're talking about with, um, yeah, how we how we can make, I mean, like, we, I mean, the way I imagine it is like everyone here, <laughs> like we are active builders and, you know, participants in this ecosystem. And, you know, we can kind of create it the way we want to see it. And yeah, I do think there's a lot of things that are broken, which are really frustrating. Like you're saying, you know, having to show your ticket and also showing your NFT. Um, such to the point where I've been to events where, you know, I'll just be like, All right, I have my ticket. I don't have time to like get my NFT. And like, uh, I don't know. It, if, it, if there's so much friction where like the people who really want to be doing it, um, um, you know, are dissuaded, it's hard to advance the whole mission as a whole. And I do think that is in part because of the tools we're using. Like we are using these web two tools, whether it's like Twitter, Discord, like all of this. Like, I mean, all of our identities right now are separate from our blockchain identity, right? We all have our Twitter identity. And so, you know, if we don't have a global namespace, essentially, you know, it really becomes hard to transfer value, uh, whether the value is you know, uh, currency or whether it's like an asset or information, but, you know, it becomes hard to transfer it be, be across our digital lives. Um, and I don't know the answer, but yeah, that really resonated with me, Ian. Um, Titus, hey, go for it. Hey, um, this is great to, to hear us talking about, you know, it's so relevant too with, um, you know, the token proofs of the world trying to, you know, fit in where they can when it comes to, you know, finding use cases for NFTs and sort of bridging that um, digital and physical world, you know, real world value. Um, And I would say it's necessarily hard. I would say that it's necessary that we do um, continue to build in ways that may be a little more frictionful at the moment until we can find a better way. Um, And that's because, 
I mean, we've seen SushiSwap recently just get, you know, um, exploits being used as a result of changes on their platform. Like people want to steal in this space because there's a lot of money at stake and it's tragic, but it's also human nature to some degree to get something for nothing when you can. And so that's what happens. So, you know, to prevent people from using the same ticket that cost, you know, five ETH per ticket uh, and just sharing that ticket amongst wallets. Uh, yeah, it's it's sometimes necessary to use a platform like TokenProof. And I'm not saying that, you know, everyone here knows the complexity of this stuff. Everyone here seems to have at least some comprehension that people are doing bad things and that sometimes a decentralized solution is way more challenging to engineer than a centralized one. And I'm I'm still okay with that. And as the you know the ecosystem matures and there's more libraries available built by, you know, the the castigs of the world and open sourced, uh, you know, then we get to this point where everything is easier to build and we expect it that way. But you know, in a nascent ecosystem, that's it's a learning it's a learning process. Has anyone ever used token proof and had a really great experience? I I'm very familiar with the project, but haven't used it IRL. I'd be curious to get feedback on how that was. Buttery smooth, says me. What yeah, did you, what did you say? Buttery smooth. I had no problem at all. I know that's not everyone's experience, but that's the experience I had. I haven't necessarily like had issues with it. It just bothers me that it exists. <laughs> um, I just feel like, I don't know. You know, another good experience that I did have with token gating IRL events is um, VCon. And I mean, they just like, built their own app for it all. So you, you just connect your wallet to their app and then your ticket is there. That felt like a little bit more of a streamless process. Um, and I feel like something that it being that it's native to that ecosystem, like made, made a ton of sense, but I also understand that like, it's not always the most feasibly possible thing to just like have every project build their own app um, for token gated events. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's it's an interesting time to be in this space. You know, we're just like looking at the rise of of Chat G, GPT and AI and like the conversations that are having being had there, and then kind of in tangent with crypto. Crypto kind of feels like, um, you know, it's like the, the crypto was a hot thing, and and then everybody was building here, and now it maybe kind of feels like people are now refocusing on AI and a lot of crypto projects are like, okay, how do we integrate into AI? And there are all these like hot topics, but it just feels like there's so much work to still be done. And I know that it is still so early, but um, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm just excited to see how some of these larger issues are solved and, and um, become more streamlined and, and integrated into each other. Yeah. Well said. Um, have you seen any really great crypto AI collabs that stood out to you or that you think are worth paying attention to? I'll selfishly shill Lunar Crush. Um, we we use a lot of AI tooling on the back end to, um, you know, filter out spam. And I mean, so much of crypto Twitter is spam and giveaways. And how do you filter that out to, you know, be usable, actionable data? Um, and then we've actually just upgraded all of our data collection systems. So um, we're not just limited to, like search terms. Um, so previously, the the easiest way to do data collection from a social standpoint was to create a project, assign it search terms, and then um, you know scrape through the APIs and and look for those search terms. But with the rise of um, AI, we're now able to use a much broader um, methodology to collect 
um, different terms and we can actually not use terms at all. And we can look at the tweet as a whole or the post as a whole and say, is this crypto related? How many co- you know tokens are being mentioned? Is the sentiment positive or negative? Um, and then we can actually filter through um, YouTube uh, voice now. So we can like plug the audio through um, AI and then see what tokens are being mentioned, how many times they're being mentioned and, and so on and so forth. So um, obviously I'm extremely biased because I am an employee of Lunar Crush and um, I know the ins and outs in the back end working of everything. But um, yeah, it's been super exciting to integrate that into our own tools. Um, and then from like a, a other project standpoint, I, to be completely honest, haven't seen like something super um, that seems like it's like pushing the boundaries. I'm still waiting to be able to pay for my open AI um, chat GPT four in Bitcoin, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully soon, maybe. Um, that's amazing. I'm going to let Titus talk in a second, but um, that's a really cool novel use of AI specifically. I'm guessing chat GTP or some version of it in order to filter out spam because yeah, when, I mean, I get so much Twitter spam in my DMS, like a handful every day and I can just at a glance, I could be across the room. I I get, I don't even to look at it. I can just feel it, you know? And it's like, it's like, there's this, this like sense of like the length or like the way it just, you just know it's spam. Um, but it's hard to describe that, you know, it's hard to like put it into words into a filter that I can write. So to be able to, you know, use chat GTP and create some, um, yeah, like sentiment of like, you know, what is this trying to shill? I mean, they're all trying to shill me tokens of some sort. Um, that's really cool. And I, I, I mean, uh, yeah, selfishly also like thinking about console, like that, that could be cool because we've got pitched a lot of ideas for console for our chat um, to use chat GTP. And I, the, the use cases to me just seem really basic so far. I feel like everyone is just plugging in ask chat gtp from slack ask chat gtp from notion like it's more or less like it's like you know have it write this for you and you know um but i love yeah i think it's really cool what you're doing with lunar crush because that's a way i feel like if it's invisible in a way that could have the biggest impact of value because you people can benefit from it and they don't really need to know like oh i'm like interacting with with it at all you know so that's really cool Um, uh, Titus, you have your hand up. Yeah, um, there's a project that goes back to I, I think I got the introduction at the last NFT NYC, uh, which is named Aletheia. Uh, it's like token. They refer to it as tokenized intelligence. It's an, an AI protocol that um, you know predates all the ChatGPT conversation. Though they have recently integrated something called Character GPT for um, basically um, interactive text to character type stuff and um, they're currently like so it, it's a bunch of things like you get a ai brain token basically and then you can you confuse it you basically burn it uh with another nft you have and certain nfts are supported such that you can animate them and uh train them you can do this uh like a, you know a, like you can specifically train the nft in question with the software they have so it's really cool actually because you can then teach it to do the things you want it to do and then it can be interactive and represent you if you really want things like that so it's cool um also i think you mean chat gpt <laughs> oh shit. yes thank you um awesome thanks that's awesome um evan i see you're on stage um do you want to jump into the conversation 
Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm definitely, you know, not as up to date as you guys in the field of AI. And I, you know, normally, you know, I'm not like a technical person. So I tend to t uh, keep like a, you know, high, you know, like view of it, high view point where I'm just kind of like, all right, where's the, you know, five, 10 year trajectory. And where I think like of AI, I always think of like how we can pre uh, prevent deep fakes. I think deep fake technology and like altering um, current content on the internet is becoming huge. And I think, you know, we're starting to see how web two applications, like especially in the social media realm, aren't going to be able to like keep up with it. You're not going to be able to use web two applications to prevent the mass amounts of AI manipulations that's going to come. And, you know, that plus bots, I think it's going to be crazy. You know, like I said, I'm not a technical person, so I don't know the inner workings. But where I find it interesting is using web three to get around that where you know that i am you know talking from evan15.eth and if i'm not talking from that it is not me and when i create a video i there's ways where you know with nfts and certain um like i said i don't know the technical details but i know lots of different people are working on how to make it where you can verify that i was the creator of that video and even you know how many times it gets shares on uh, lens protocol or any other so decentralized social media, it still gets tied back to my contract at the end of the day. And so, like I said, I'm not deep in the technical side of AI or any of these um, applications, but I do find it very interesting to see how AI is already kind of messing with society. Um, I think a lot of people don't even realize how bad it's going to get in the deep fake world. I think a lot of times people are, are getting fooled, you know, with, um, you know, like like I said, videos being faked where it's Elon Musk or it's Jeff Bezos, and they're asking for crypto coins. I know that um, you know Russia and China has been using it a lot with you know the current wars, and so with all these things um, you know being considered, I think it's really interesting to see how Web three can prevent that, and you know all these decentralized social medias can kind of work together to you know verify where the source of the content is and if it was manipulated. And I'm sure there's you know some of the AI things you're talking about may come into play too, where we can, not only can we verify if something is me, but there's AI that can say this is 100% a bot or this is 100% manipulated. So again, I'm not technical, so I can't really get into the details, but I do find that to be really interesting seeing how deep fake technology will um, be, you know, having, you know, it will kind of force cryptography to come into social media, in my opinion. Yeah, fascinating. I'm super interested um, in diving deeper into that conversation. Um, I see Ian has his hand up. Do you want to jump in? Yeah. So you're hitting on like a bunch of things here. And this is like when innovation happens, the, it doesn't just grow in one direction. It actually grows in both. Right. So what I mean by that is like, you know, with, with AI and, and things like that, you're going to have a ton of scams that utilize AI, but also at the same time, the other end of that spectrum grows as well. So um, a common problem with the release of, of chat GPT was that teachers weren't able to, know whether a student actually wrote a paper or not and so um quickly after that like ai protocols are were written to help detect if uh, a paper was written by ai or not so you can actually use ai to check itself and see like is this ai written or is this like human written um and so not entirely sure like the uh accuracy of those but i'm sure that it'll just get increasingly stronger and better so i know that you can submit like as little as a hundred words um, of a paper and, and then certain AI protocols will like let you know whether that was written by AI or not. Um, 
and then also to to your point of like you know understanding deep fakes and things like that there's there's these scams going around that um they will you know you'll get a call from a number that you don't have and you'll you'll say a couple of words and then they've basically got enough data to replicate your voice and then they'll call family members and then ask them for money um it's pretty wild it, you know it's just like it's like email the you know um african prince uh is in trouble like scam taken to a thousand um and so i've you know my parents are like pretty young but still don't know how to use their phones and so i have i've set up with all my close family members you know like if i ever call you and it sounds weird maybe you know even if you get a call from my number it comes up on your phone like from my number like just confirm that it's me you know ask me like a childhood memory that only i would know or um, you know, something strange, like, especially if I'm asking you for money or like personal information, like just, just scrutinize me in that moment because shit's getting weird. Um, but to the point of, you know, how can we determine and establish that content on the internet that you're seeing was published by a real person? Like, I think the stuff that you're working on with, um, you know, ENS domains and, and .btc and, and, all of these like decentralized identity stamps, essentially, um, I'm, I'm sure have a role in that. And I mean, NFTs like are essentially like the quintessential version of that, right? So it's like you can verifiably see via the blockchain who published and where this came from. Um, and so I don't know if it's necessarily meaning that you're going to need to, you know, mint every piece of content ever made by you as an NFT to make it verifiably um, authentic, but I think that there is definitely something, even if it's just like what wallet was signed to um, publish that piece of content. So that doesn't necessarily need to be an NFT, but it does come from a verified wallet address that holds, you know, an ENS or a .btc domain or um, something like that. I'm sure somebody's working on something like that in a in a decentralized social media standpoint. But yeah, I feel like I don't know. As, as much as I am worried and concerned and I go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories with AI and, and tech, um, it is nice to know that it does grow on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, incredible. Um, there's a few really interesting things to pull apart here. Um, and then I'd love to kind of like open it up to everyone on stage or if anybody else wants to come join us on stage, you're all welcome. Um, just request and you can come join us. Um, so... Yeah, I feel like there's two pieces of this conversation, which the, the larger conversation started as like using AI in order to potentially help detect or filter spam, right? Um, I feel like there's two parts of it, though. Um, there's like the providence part, which is a fancy word. I didn't know that until, until I got into blockchain, but the providence just means like the history of where something came from. Um, so there's like the providence, like looking back at like where the original came from. And I think that we have some new tools that can help us do that. And yet, I guess my question part to the room would be, I don't feel like I've seen them used super effectively. Like, of course, with Bitcoin and tracing, you know, transactions, like that's the main use. But as far as like real world, um, situations like deep fakes, I haven't really seen them. Um, so that's really interesting to me. I would love to like double click on that a little bit. Um, and I think the other topic kind of related to pulling that apart to what Ian was just talking about is signing and using your 
cryptographic signature to to say, hey, this is me in this moment, or this piece of information has been signed and authenticated by me. Um, that's another technology. Um, this is more, I mean, I, I always just want to like show the extent of my knowledge because I feel like I, I'm in the creative territory, but I don't know the real use cases. But I have a hunch, like creatively, that there could just be way more happening right now with signing um, in order to prove who we are, um, in order to prove our messages. Anything from, you know, the tweets we make um, to with console, it's something I'm thinking about when you connect with someone else. Um, because just to share in case everybody's not aware, basically when you sign with your MetaMask wallet, let's say, or your wallet, whatever, you, you, you're you basically pressing a button. And actually, Titus can probably like repeat what I'm saying in a more technical way after I say it. Um, so you're signing, and you're essentially making a cryptographic hash, which is a long way of saying like a bunch like a, a number a law very long number that represents that your fingerprint basically of that so you take some data and you basically fingerprint it in a way um and you're the only person that can do that um it's like i guess it's probably like one in so many billions of billions that like can have the exact long very long number that can prove like you put your fingerprint on that data um and then there's tools very simple tools that you can use to take that data and say, did this person, is this person the person that fingerprinted it? And basically it like works backwards and will say, yes, this is the person. Like you just verify. And, um, you know, I've seen that and, and we use that when we sign in and we don't really think about what it's doing. And we use it for signing transactions, like sending money. But why isn't that being used for different kinds of communications and uh, some of these issues with spam and some of these issues with identity? And, or, or is it? And I'm just not aware of it. So, yeah, I would love to open that conversation. Um, uh, Titus, you have your hand up, and then Blake can go right after. Uh, it's so good to see Blake on stage. Yeah, um, it's, it's a fantastic um, example. And you know, thank you, Ian, for bringing up the concerns. Actually, just days ago, I was talking about exactly this same thing, which is that I think AI needs to detect AI. And yeah, like that when it comes to deep fakes, things like that, um, that's the kind of stuff that we were, we're slowly eroding the trust in the digital message as a result of this. And there are platforms that do a really good job of addressing this, like Keybase is my favorite example of something way back in the day. Um, 2019, I was using Keybase and going, this is just brilliant. Um, it's just taking cryptography and bringing it to the masses in a useful way, giving them storage, giving them transactions via uh, the Stellar blockchain, and also any kind of chat, uh, even though this you know, got overridden with spam, any kind of chat that happened between two people had a, a very forward-facing um, public key style signatures structure um, such that if your, if your key changed as a result of the encryption that you two were doing, like for example, if you had to reset your account because you lost your password or um, you weren't able to do a thing, then you could start, you know, you could establish a new communication with this um, other individual. But if you use the same username and you'd reset your account, it would basically be saying, I don't know that you're still the same person anymore. Like it's like the, the signature chain is broken as a result of that. And it's a beautiful thing because that that's a great way to establish trust trust that no one understands. <laughs> so um, we're getting closer to this thing. And I think in real time, when we could start doing real time signatures of things, 
when it becomes practical to go, hey, I need to trust this thing right now, and I don't want to ask you what your mother's maiden name is or something useless. Um, you know, something more useful would be, hey, you know, what is something I know about you that I that you can prove right now using cryptography, and that would be the thing. So that's just a great example of you know essentially solving the problem maybe in a stream, maybe potentially this could happen live as part of a video call or something like that. And of course, the, the original key signing was the key signing parties where you'd go bring your, your literal <laughs> piece of paper with you to a, um, a party where a bunch of people who were using um, GPG or you know PGP style things, they'd go to a party and all exchange their keys and prove in person that they were who they said they were. That's very hard to do today. What, can you tell us more about? I'm just fascinated by this history of key signing that you know. What is a key signing party? I don't know. Well, it's so it. nerdy, but it makes a lot of sense. Like, for example, I want to prove that I'm sending you digital messages securely. But if you don't know who I am to begin with, how do you know that you're talking to the right person? So the idea was, um, you know, I mean, it's not like video calls weren't possible then, but to establish trust um, and that you want to know that you're actually talking to who you're talking to. Uh, in theory, the solution to that was you generate a cryptographic signature, you give the public key to the person in person, and go, hey, if this message comes from this public key signed by the, you know, by this private key that I have and you don't, but you have the public key, then that's the message. Um, it's real, it's from me, and until I tell you otherwise, that's the way it is. And you know, there was also public databases of like revoked key signatures where people were worried that they had lost access to the exclusivity of being able to sign things so on and so forth. But that's how it worked. I love this. Um, yeah, I feel I love that we're talking about the potential of key of signing um, and also AI as ways of verification. I feel like there's so much that could be done with it. And I, I really like the way that in general, a lot of the people who I feel lucky who come to chat on this call can like pull it back to real life examples. And I think yeah, the tightest the example you gave with um, like your mother's maiden name or that kind of stuff. Like there's so many privacy violations like you know you give your mother's maiden name to like every single bank and now every now all of that gets hacked it's all on it but pulling that back to like something like a key signature you know if, if we were to transform the way the internet works and the way business works into us having this ability to sign locally with some key that only we have um yeah it, it allows us to have it like a more cryptographic way, a more private way, uh, a way that we own. And we can also shut off access, like after we leave a bank, for example, that they don't always have our mother's maiden name or whatever information they have about us that we can, we can have be more portable with our data. Um, so there's so much, yeah, there's so much benefit in that example. Um, uh, I just want to say hey to everybody who just has joined and um, it's the console AMA. I just want to welcome anyone that would like to come up on stage. Um, we're chatting about, well, right now we're chatting a lot about uh, <laughs> privacy and AI and improving the experience um, for the world, I guess. But we talk a lot about console and decentralized social media here. But um, yeah, I just want to welcome, I see, I see Linda, I see Hopium, I see Tara, of course, always comes, Rafa. You guys are all welcome if you have questions. Um, it's a pretty comfortable place to come and ask and newbies and everyone is welcome. So please just put your hand up if you would like to join. Um, Blake, uh, Blake's been to the AMA uh, quite a few times. So happy to see you back here. What's on your mind? So happy to see you on stage. Hey, yeah. Glad to be here. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear you? Great. Yeah, thanks. Cool. Yeah, my audio was cutting or the audio was cutting in a little bit. I was wanting to make sure it wasn't me. Uh, I really liked what was talked about a little bit ago about uh, AI being AI. 
And the cool thing about that is is that uh, it's it's already being done to some extent. Um, I've seen a few things about um, colleges uh, using AI to detect AI written like papers and writing. Uh, but even more than that, uh, it's being done with biometrics. Uh, so, for example, uh, you can probably guess where I'm going. Uh, Governor Dow's biometrics that they use behind their proof of existence uh, system uh, is one where it can't be deep faked. Um, it takes enough of the uh, enough of your it, it measures enough of your data through your voice and face uh, video uh, that uh, it can compare. And if anything is too similar, uh, because it's been replicated via AI or something else, then it can tell that as well as whether it's uh, whether it's actually you. Uh, that's a very crude explanation, but uh, that biometrics uses uh, AI and, or machine learning to ensure that it's not AI being used to uh, verify a person. Uh, so that's pretty cool, uh, and I think that. Uh, exactly what you guys were talking about is is kind of where we're going with this, the need for AI and, and cryptography to solve all these things, because it's really cryptography that um, makes these verifications and these proofs possible. Um, so yeah, I think we're in a really exciting time, and there's a lot of that technology already existing and just needing to kind of be tied in together with with cryptography to make everything sing in, in harmony. Amazing. Yeah, it's great to have you, Blake. Um, for anybody that doesn't know Blake, Blake is working with Governor Dow, who is working on a governance and proof of existence uh, protocol, I believe. Um, so yeah, it's like you're the perfect person to answer this. So <laughs> really glad to have you um, jump in with that. Um, yeah, I want to welcome. Uh, yeah, I want to welcome anyone else that would like to ask a question or jump in. I uh, see. I am Somatics on the stage. Welcome. <laughs> Uh, thank you for having me and uh, i appreciate for appreciate being here um i did want to change up the topic a little bit and speak a little bit more on censorship resistance and um digital sovereignty uh, for the last three years i've been essentially creating a linguistic structure to allow me to explain this concept and uh, i'd like the the moment to uh talk to you guys about um the implications of um, digital sovereignty and IRL sovereignty. Because I think in crypto, there is a, a great directional push towards crypto being the destination and not really a tool or a, yeah, a tool that we can use along the way to help us create the IRL sovereignty that would reflect, that would be supported and actually like realized when it comes to digital sovereignty as well. Yeah. Am, am I am I am I saying that? Uh, are you are you? Am I coming through with that? Yeah. Tell tell us a little bit more. Yeah. That that makes sense. So the idea that I've I've come to is that culture reflects language. And the ways in which we explain the world 
uh, talk about solutions are directly influenced by the experiences um, oftentimes given to us by our parents, our our families, our communities, our teachers. And when we break down the global socioeconomic paradigm that exists at this moment, it is heavily influenced by the um, by internalized capitalism or the colonial imperial um, desires or ambitions of our ancestors. And we have been left with a tradition of extracting resources, degenerating the planet for our hierarchy of needs instead of relying on the collaborative collaborative and creative capacity that we have as shared beings on this planet to work towards our mutual collaboration and benefit so what i've been doing this last three years is essentially creating the framework paradigm that would give us the foundation to support a, a conversation and then and more so a build an ecosystem that reflects our highest well-being and reflects the things that we know to be true like when things get tough humans show up for each other we have throughout the infinity of time as long as we have been here that's the only reason we have come this far however with a nuance and understanding we have been brought down a path of degeneracy that impacts almost every facet of our lives however because of the structure of our language and the structure of our culture it seems almost inescapable yeah um if i'll try to repeat back what i'm hearing just to make sure that i understand um i think in a large part where you're you're pointing to is a large amount of the place that we humans alive today put our energy and our vocabulary and our needs comes handed down from the past generally from use the word colonialism so you know we can say whatever societal structures um whether you're colonized or the colonizer but long story short like we are here and we have these kind of predisposition of motivations pushing us, and maybe we're not even conscious of it. Um, so what you're, what you're working on is a vocabulary or a way of thinking um, around maybe a more, I'm guessing, like an interconnected way, a way that humans can maybe kind of subsume or be released from this. Um, maybe just that's how I understand it, but kind of maybe if you could, tell me if I got that wrong, but then maybe more importantly, like maybe try to connect it back maybe to some of the ideas that we're, we're discussing as well, if, if it's relevant with Web3 or with any of, um, of the tools, you know, and how your work might like connect um, or shed some light on what, you know, on the bigger picture. You're, you're spot on with your analysis. It, it definitely is a mix of a language and our ability to even perceive solutions with the ways in which we have been taught to look at reality, being indoctrinated to perceive reality. And um, how it relates to Web3 is we have the resources collectively beyond the socioeconomic 
paradigms that limit our capacity to share and and collaborate together. We have the resources. However, it's our perspectives of reality at this moment that make us go through a middleman instead of going through people to people. And that's what leads us to decentralization. Decentralization in a IRL sense, from my perspective, is the localization of resources and the decommodification of life-sustaining resources so that the old guard systems that told us to commodify our resources and centralize our food production systems, um, they have led to the degeneracy of our of our soil, the degeneracy of our, our land, of, um, our country, depending on who, what, uh, what side of the, the aisle we are on. But I think it's pretty clear that like we are, we are headed towards a potential disaster if things do not change. And we have the technology due to us going through this paradigm of extraction to, um, create autonomy with through the the technology that we that we have right now so we're at a point in time in history where we have a lot of potential by utilizing the technology that we have today and that being uh whether it be like robotics or um uh yeah, manufacturing, um, but it's also in in regards to um, as long as we have this mindset mm-hmm. of finances being cryptographically held, and we can exchange our wealth through crypto or exchange mm-hmm. our energy and resources through crypto, then yeah, we have an opportunity to use the nature of decentralization itself to uh-huh. build this to build outside of the current limited par- uh, socioeconomic paradigm. Yeah, no, I, totally plus one to everything you're saying. Um, Titus is his hand up. Let's, let's bring Titus into the conversation. Thank you. Um, so the way I see decentralization is it's going, hey, let's, let's trust each other instead of let's trust a third party. Um, it's maybe much more complex than that in a lot of ways, but the, the benefit here is um, when we remove intermediaries, when we allow people to establish trust as, well, I'll, let's take it back to the, um, the social graph. Um, currently, for example, like Castig and I kind of have like, we have a rapport. So like I could extend trust to him in terms of a third party communication later. So I could go, hey, um, Julia, for example, um, Castig is pretty awesome. You can trust Castig. And likewise, this might happen with like, you know, Blake for Liberty was up on stage earlier, Joe, people who I know based on proximity of trust. And so what we're doing, I think, is we're reforming what trust is by starting from scratch in Web3 and going, hey, well, you know, who do we believe in? What do we believe? And why do we believe it? And then putting it on chain when we can and establishing a new hierarchy of like, you know, what, what is this trust built on? And um, I think we could maybe flesh that out further in the form of a communication graph. And the other thing is like, we're, we're basically stuck in the same three methods of communication that we've been in since the dawn of time. Um, there's the, you know, there's the face-to-face thing. There's the message in the bottle. 
um, which, you know, I guess is now digital communication in the form of chat. And then there's like voice only, you know, where like two cans are strung together and people talk through that, or, you know, it's a phone call or whatever it is. And, um, those, those are really like effective for what their purpose is, which is just to get a message across or to get emotion across in, in the form of a face, you know, FaceTime, real time, whatever. But we haven't gotten past that. We haven't really gone, Hey, what are we trying to communicate specifically that may be, you know, not necessarily lingual? Um, Maybe it's more about um, the thing that we're experiencing. Maybe it's, you know, maybe I'm just talking out of my ass here, but I think that we can communicate more than just a simple idea through the extended trust of a social graph. So I think, you know, I'm not sure what you're building. I love hearing about it. Um, I am cymatics, but I think re-envisioning how we want to communicate, which is a very abstract concept, is a wonderful thing for us to do and worthy of time, worthy of energy. and certainly belongs in some form on chain because trust is built on chain trust is just like it's we build this thing through a a conglomeration of a bunch of ways to trust each other hey that's um that's great well said um could you repeat the three i don't know if you were just making that up on the spot but it was just interesting you said there was like three ways yeah three (laughs) the three ways what were the three ways yeah so there's like the, the the facetime in person there's like when you see somebody's face and then there's just voice only, which is like I, I described it as two cans strung together over a long distance or a phone call or whatever. And then the third thing, what was I saying? Um, FaceTime. Oh, yeah. Um, so voice only face. And then, wow, I have lost it. There was something else. It's in the recording. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's really interesting because. Oh, text. Um, Sorry. It was text. It was like, you know, digital stuff, like where a message in a bottle is the way I put it. Got it. Um, because I wonder, I think that that's an interesting list or way to start to think about the ways humans interact. And based on some of the stuff that um, I am Somatics was, you know, also starting to share about like the bigger picture, it makes me think about there's more, if I had to push it further, I'd say there's more ways that we communicate that you could add to that list. Um, but they might not always be like person to person, like P2P. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think we communicate and I, and I wonder if this would even fall on your list, but like we communicate, like, I mean, if you're involved in like any market, like I think a market is a way that two people communicate. Like if the price of Bitcoin is going up or a stock or something where resource is depleting, like we communicate what our actions and like affect each other also. Um, and I feel like that in particular is like a large part of where web three crypt- cryptocurrency um, energy is like trying to reset or rethink. Um, but I, I'm wondering like how that fits into your, your thinking about communication or is that some other completely different thing in your mind? But, yeah, I think that it's um, in alignment. Uh, what Tyler said was in alignment as well because that is how far we've come in our communication. Like as you were saying, there are other ways in which we communicate. However, they're, they're not necessarily P2P. And when it comes to language and where we are from the etymological studies of words, the cultural understandings of how uh, phrases and words are used, the the body or the lexicon of the American English isn't really that complicated. If we think about it, there are list linguistic patterns that exist through culture, experience, and family that when we break down the 
the words that are being said and the places in which they are coming from, it directly are, it reflects their experiences. So in crypto, crypto is, um, uh, crypto has, in, or at least in the broader sense, or at least how it was introduced to me, and I know that things have changed and I, and I recognize there's a difference for me being in it. However, overall, the perspective of crypto in the mass sense is a, uh, a degenerate palace where people play fast and loose. And unless you're deep within the technical space of crypto, which is a very small percent of the population, that nuance of understanding is not under, is not known. So from the outside, from my perspective, mass adoption when it comes to crypto, and I'm not, I'm not even speaking of uh, CBDCs, but when it comes to decentralized mass adoption, I feel like it becomes a pipe dream as long as the as long as there is a degenerative mindset um, driving the ship, and that could be because, and that is also because of where we, because of our language, where we even perceive um, solutions to be, and like the way that I was able to prove this was I've been working with AI for around three years and I'm not very technical. However, I have taken some new words, neologisms, and put in the concept of my own database, uh, my, my own data set. And based off of the overall linguistic structure of, of like the AI has access to, it has been able to reflect back to me the, the, uh, the irrelevance, the, um, hey, I am. Yeah, I, just, um, I just need to pause for a second. Um, Go ahead. I, I love. I love what you're saying. Um, do you have? If you have some stuff that you've written up, maybe, or if you could do that, I would love to read it and share it with the group. I do need to kind of like wind down the space because we always. I try to be respectful of the hour and keeping people's time. So, really apologize for pausing you there, but please follow up. I would love to share, and um, would love to you know have you back in the future as well. So it sounds like. There's a lot to unpack there. That's super cool. So thank yeah, you. thank you so very much for your time, everyone, and and thank you for allowing me to come up on this space. I literally talk about this for hours. So yeah, I expect your guys' time, and I appreciate you for allowing me to speak. Appreciate you. I really appreciate you, and for the how thoughtful you are, and um, and please do follow up. I mean, I, I it sounds like you've done some really cool research, and I want to want to dive into this. So please share, uh, hit tap me on the head and DM it to me. Would love to see more. Um, well, thanks everybody. I'm going to wind down the space. I, I just wanted to leave a few minutes at the end of the hour um, to, you know, just kind of announce that NFT NYC is, um, we're going to be there. I'm speaking on the main stage on Thursday at 3.30 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. Um, so please come if you're there. If you're not, as uh, Ian and Titus uh, shared, there's a lot of events. So if you are in New York City, give a shout out. We might be doing some console related hangs, uh, happy hours or something. I'm not going to announce it on here, but just let me know if you're around. Um, happy to coordinate with you. would love to see who's out there. If you have some things to recommend that we should be checking out or people we should be talking to um, about console, you know, the Web3 um, chat app that we have and communities we are building, would love to know more about that too. And um, yeah, I'm just going to maybe just open it up one more time to reflect with... Um, Titus, Ian, and Evan, if you're going as well, feel free to chime in. Do you guys have anything, um, if anyone who's on stage and is going to NFT NYC, anything you want to kind of plug or shout out or um, make sure that we know about this week?
I can just go real quick. Um, most of, like, basically everything at FTNYC seems to be happening on Thursday. It's this weird, like, everyone decided to do all the after parties, all the on stage speaking that I'm interested in, all that stuff. It's all happening on Thursday between, like, the afternoon and the evening. And it should be a really busy day. Um, if anyone's, you know, kind of like on the fence and can still hop on a plane or get in a car and come and you don't have a ticket, you don't have a badge, whatever, um, you should still come. There's a million things to do. might be tough to find hotel rooms or something, but it is an option. Um, but mostly I just wanted to say that, yeah, you should go support Castig on stage. I'm actually, I'm committed to being on another stage at around the same time. So I won't be there for that, but I, I, I want to see everyone at parties and like one day I definitely want to hang out with Evan and stuff like that. At least I can hang out with Castig soon. Um, and yeah, basically just, um, listen in for recordings. Amazing. Thanks, Titus. What about you, Ian? Well, I'm a little shocked to hear that everything's happening on Thursday because my entire Wednesday is just absolutely packed. So me too. (laughs) actually, I might DM you Titus for some things to do on Wednesday that you're taking a look at because, um, it's a little, it's a little dry right now for me on Thursday. So, um, yeah. Just uh, echo everything. Yeah, you know, there's there's tons of stuff to go do. Um, I mentioned that I'm, I'm actually not even going to the actual conference just because there's so many um, other things going on. So um, I encourage everybody to get out there. And yeah, if you're going to be in the area, DM me and let's meet up. Um, Ian, I'll, do you need uh, a badge? Um, sure. I got you. <laughs> I got you. We'll figure it out. All right, All right cool. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody. Love being on here. Love Mondays chatting with you guys. Amazing. Uh, thanks so much, Ian. And, and shout out to Ian, whose community Nakamoto One is on console, and more importantly, is sending uh, Bitcoin to the moon for the first interplanetary scavenger hunt. So uh, DM Ian or follow Ian to learn more about it, literally literally sending money to literally the moon. If you haven't been here before to learn more about his project, it's amazing. Uh, we're all on console chatting about it. So it's a great place to come. Um, check out his project. And um, big shout out to everyone in the audience. Um, as always, just, yeah, super grateful for everyone who participates and um, comes with questions and just, just attendance and, you know, the, your attention. Just really appreciated. Thank you um, for listening for joining in uh, shout out to hero gamer shout out to rafa hopium joy uh, joe <laughs> messiah uh yeah a lot of a lot of great people here and um thanks i am somatics for jumping up on stage thanks blake for jumping up stage as always thanks titus uh ian evan for uh for the great conversation in this space and if there's anything you would like to see in a future space or you would like to bring what you're working and chat with us about uh topics of console decentralized identity <laughs> and social media and decentralized social media are generally the topics that we talk about in this space. Um, so yeah, we'd love to have you at a future space every Monday at five Eastern standard time. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you at NFT NYC and we'll see you next Monday. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was the console AMA recorded on Monday, April 10th, 2023 for terraspaces.org. I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions. Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing. All aggressive, insane from all directions. Smoke rolls in when I start a session. Plain canvas, blaze up the handlers. Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush. Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers. Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse. But in the universe, I'm just...
just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Another fixed game of try my love Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up, driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor We take a little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the box came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble Spaces.